Welcome to the Put Up Your Spooks Holiday of Horrors, where we take our dueling review show and mull it with some spooky Christmas spice. The ingredients are as follows. Take one episode of 80s staple Tales from the Crypt, mixed with a bit of 90s So Weird and Fear Mint. This week's theme, Christmas. <laughs> I've thrown us for another loop. We had to do Christmas, and I couldn't find any Christmas episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? I couldn't find any Christmas episodes of Goosebumps, so I had to dig way back into my annals and remember a show that I did watch, which technically aired from 99 to 2001, so it's stretching the rules just a bit, but it was Disney Channel's So Weird which was a show where Mackenzie Phillips is a musician and she and her family are like on the road playing music and solving mysteries. Uh, was it usually a supernatural show like in this episode? It was usually a supernatural or like alien show. In, uh, so it was kind of like Partridge Family meets X-Files? I guess, yeah. All right. Pretty much exactly. Nailed it. Imagine my surprise when I found out about Mackenzie Phillips later. Yeah. This was a show that I did watch at the time and then basically just forgot about until it uh, came time to do this episode, but I did remember the theme song. So, So Weird episode The Fountain. Fiona, our main character, and her brother Jack are at the mall Christmas shopping. Fiona has to buy a new Christmas CD as per her tradition, something I could really get behind. And a creepy guy keeps scoping them from the background. Fiona's mom has to play an emergency gig. Some fundraising band fell through, and they want her to fill in. And Fiona's really bummed out because all she wants is to have a Christmas at home with her family, a perfect Christmas, just like tradition. Jack says he can't remember something that he was supposed to tell her, and Fee's like, whatever. She goes and keeps on shopping because she needs to find her CD. She's very depressed about the fact she's not going to get a perfect Christmas with her family, so she goes and sits at an abandoned soda fountain, and the creep, who calls himself Nick... Gives her a Coco sleigh ride, which is... <laughs> I, I laughed when I heard that. Which is... He explains as a delicious drink. He tells her that Xmas will be good even on the tour bus. So Fiona drinks the drugged cocktail and goes, <laughs> quote-unquote, back in time to relive Christmas's past. Past them gets trapped outside in a blizzard, and they're all basically going to die. Um, and she's, like, freaking out because she still remembers that she's... 14, but now she's stuck in her 12-year-old body, and she's telling everyone what, all the stuff that's going to happen, and she sees that uh, this particular Christmas isn't that great for these guys, because the roadie that they go on with, is um, his kiss tour gets canceled. You mean Squatch, the roadie? She goes back a little farther in time, until she's like 10 or something, and sees that uh, her mom is wicked sad because their dad had died, and I thought it was weird, because uh, instead of letting these younger actors just speak... They used sped-up chipmunk voices of the main actors, and it was weird and crazy. Uh, so she tries to write herself a note uh, that she'll look at in five years or whatever, and she tells one of the other boys, her cousin, I think, to tell Jack that she's going back in time and not to drink the drugged cocktail from Nick, the soda jerk, at the mall. But unfortunately, she bounces back in time again, so she realizes it didn't work. And as Jeff pointed out to me, that was why Jack in the beginning said he 
couldn't remember something. I had already glossed over it by then. So she flashes back in time again. She's a baby. And amazingly, her dad, it's a time when her dad is alive, uh, but not really because she's drugged by the Coco Slay ride. He dances with baby Fee and everyone's happy. But the exact same thing that happened in present day happens where her mom has to play uh, an emergency benefit concert. And so a little baby Fee sees that, you know, Things have always kind of been this way, and that's just that's just life. And maybe it's not so bad. And with that revelation, she flashes back to present day. But she learns something. That as long as they're all together, they can be happy, even if they're on a tour bus. So they try to play it off like she wasn't drugged by a crazy soda jerk. Um, she asks her mom if her dad ever danced with her as a baby, and they say... Yes, all the time. One of the things on her checklist of a perfect Christmas, besides from getting all these gifts, is the dancing to Christmas music. Yeah. Like she's deeply unfulfilled so that's where without it came this from. Christmas dance. And then we find out that her father, before he died, used to dance with her on Christmas. But as she was flashing back through her life every two to three years, she'd be speaking like a 14-year-old talking about things that hadn't happened yet. Um, she had amazing memory. She like knew down to like the week and the month <laughs> when every single breakup oh, yeah. or mishap or job or car breakdown was going to happen. About a month from now, you'll meet this girl named Skyla, and she'll wait. No, she'll dump you too. She was trying to get on the phone or get a car ride to this mall where the magic soda jerk was, and everyone around her was like, "Whoa, she's flipping out. She's talking about." getting a ride to a mall and she's been drugged by this Coco sleigh ride and uh, she thinks she's 14. You know, even though she learned a powerful lesson about how uh, Christmas is wherever you are with your family, by the time she got back to 14, she probably would have been on like Xanax and oh, man. Prozac and in therapy because as far as her family knows, almost every two years she had like a weird uh, psychotic split it's where she true. believed she was 14. You know, they shouldn't have had Jack have that recollection because maybe when she went back to being a baby, she realized it was all okay. So she didn't do any of that stuff in her other flashbacks to 14 and 10. You know, it's sad that uh, Looper and Butterfly Effect hadn't come out yet because I really <laughs> feel like they maybe they had. Tricks. Uh, you know, she could have, like, carved a message to herself on her skin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Watched it show up as yeah. scars. Which, again, she was going backwards. Uh, she was going backwards. That's what, uh... But it was kind of like Quantum Coco Leap. Slay Ride will do to you. Yeah. She, she, was, she was leaping within her own lifetime, and it was, it was out of control. But, uh, yeah, then they have a wonderful Christmas on the tour bus, uh, where Fee suppresses her experience, and... Then Nick lures a hobo into his cab with promises that he'll see his family again, so the drugging can continue. I would say that you need a Coco sleigh ride. It had the production quality of Tales from the Dark Side, and uh, woof. It was so slow. It dragged for a 22-minute yeah. episode. It felt like an hour. Well, I think the problem was they were trying to they were really trying to hit the family drama aspect of it and uh, that's a tough sell when you have kid actors and stuff. But uh, A, the acting was terrible. B, there was n there were no stakes at all except possibly blinking out of existence. Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe if she leapt back to yeah. before she was born. I yes. honestly, I don't remember any of the other episodes, but I have to imagine that the stakes are a little bit higher. This is like a fun 
holiday kind of break from the norm episode. That child actor, the Fiona, uh-huh. her voice was very unpleasant. Especially in chipmunk mode. And for most of the episode, she was just monologuing a mile a minute with no air for anyone else to speak or react to for the most part there was like no music beds or anything like it just dragged it was like watching a 20 minute monologue by a a child that actor with a (laughs) bad voice that's exactly what it was yeah it wasn't like that at all uh this is one of those revisits that don't really hold up but there is a so weird podcast completely dedicated oh to so weird. Well, I I uh, pity them when they cover episode two thirteen, Fountain. I don't pity them. I I I envy their uh, blind why you, devotion. Why don't you to, join that to, podcast? <laughs> Maybe I will. Can you hand me my Coco sleigh ride, please? And then I can be drugged into the stupor that allows me to love. Hold on. Everything unconditionally. Yeah. You need a Coco Sleigh Ride to have that kind of blind devotion. Yeah. Coco Sleigh Ride sounds like a sex move um, or some euphemism for something unspeakable. Something that a hobo killer would certainly give to you. Yeah. He probably needs a fresh hobo to perform a Coco Sleigh Ride. Because where I come from, everybody gets a present at Christmas Eve. And now it's time for my episode. And All Through the House, written by Fred Decker. Writer, director of Monster Squad and Night of the Creeps. And (coughs) RoboCop 3. Directed by Robert Zemeckis. Director of Used Cars? So the story opens on a wintry Christmas Eve, where a man, played by Marshall Bell, motherfucking Kuwato. Yeah, he had a really small role. (laughs) And his wife, Mary Ellen Trainer. Mom from the Goonies, and more importantly, Monster Squad. And she was in Die Hard. Yeah, she's got a crazy list She was also in Scrooged. Yeah, and she was in Scrooge. Ho, ho, ho. So, uh, Marshall and Mary Ellen are up late by the fireplace on Christmas Eve. And the husband is being very rude to his wife, so she brains him with a fireplace poker. Does it count as being brained when it stabs into your brain? That's kind of what braining is. I thought is. being brained was just like when you hit like someone with a blunt... Object. I I don't know though. I don't base that on anything. I think when you are struck in the head and significant brain damage is done, you can call it braining. I'll call it braining. Good to know. All right. So I don't know if this is if this qualifies as a time to shrew record. <laughs> well, but she's a justified shrew. It, 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 it's implied that she's a justified shrew. He also says like, "What are you deaf? Get me a sandwich or something." What are you deaf? I said, let me have it. Uh, he's terrible. That's what divorce and is for. he probably for. has a mutant on his chest. Uh, and he definitely has a mutant on his chest. Now, I, I couldn't tell if she had any, like, bruises or anything. I mean, it must have been bad. It must have been a bad situation. Uh, it doesn't justify uh, cold-blooded murder on Christmas Eve while your daughter is upstairs so that you can so get the man's money sleep. because you're cheating on him. So, that was a little spoiler. She brains her husband, and then her little daughter comes downstairs, and hoping that Santa has come. And her mother hides the view of the body and puts the little girl to bed. And she is, like, cold as... Like, she is frosty. Christmas Eve snow. Like, she just went from 
murdering her husband to tucking her girl into bed and like her hands aren't even shaking like tr- either she's a true sociopath she's in shock or my theory is that she swallowed like a handful of quaaludes coco sleigh rides and coco sleigh rides to get this done because her acting is not great in this episode <laughs> Ooh. until so, the end so uh she puts the little girl to bed and immediately picks up the phone and calls her sleazy lover to tell her that the deed is done and that they're going to have all the money soon. And she's actually like holding the will in her hand as she makes the oh, phone call. Oh, see, I thought she was reading a script because the reading was kind of wooden. Yeah. I thought she had a script in her hand and it was part of their plan to like call so that the call would be recorded or something and because she, she was like i know i wasn't supposed to call you but it's done and we're you know we're free or whatever she yeah said. i think she's in the middle of this psychotic break interesting okay well, and I, well it didn't amount to anything so and i guess I was obviously wrong. her lover slash co-conspirator who wanted her to murder the husband for the money was like don't call me like let's not have any uh phone records linking us around the time of the death, but she's so fucking out of it that she picks up the phone, calls him, says it's done. She, like I said, she's waving like the last will and testament in her hand. So next she drags her husband's body outside, and as she's doing not, this... Not that much blood uh, for a head wound, a massive head wound. I noticed that, and it pays off later. Mm. So she's dragging her husband's body outside uh, while the radio reports that an escaped mental patient dressed as Santa has been killing women in the area with an axe. So, like, that's at minute seven, and we're we're just fucking off to the races. Oh, yeah. yeah. It starts hot and doesn't cool down. That's right. So she's insulting the body as she drags it into the backyard towards a well, and the husband revives because he wasn't dead, and he tries to choke her, but no luck. So just when she thinks she's safe, the killer Santa, played by Larry Drake... A.K.A. Bubba from Night of the Scarecrow. <laughs> I recognize AKA, him from something, but I can't remember. A.K.A. That. Durant from Dark Man. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. A.K.A. Dr. Giggles. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank on that one. Uh, he's just this character actor that's been in a million uh-huh. schlocky horror films. And uh, when you see him, you will know yeah. why he plays a deranged Psycho Santa quite well. So... Uh, he attacks, and they have this far-ranging battle through the yard, around the house, inside the house. She slashes him with an icicle, and eventually... That's an icicle? Yeah, uh. that she snaps off from the side of the well. <laughs> um, and eventually she uh, hits him with the blunt end of an axe and knocks him out. She makes like a dozen phone calls to the police, where she's you know wants to call and tell them that someone's there to kill her. But she also has her husband's dead body that she hasn't disposed of yet. And she's conflicted. And she keeps, like, calling the police and hanging up. And then they're calling back on an unrelated matter. Not like, oh, did you hang up? Were you in trouble? Yeah. <laughs> they just call back and like, oh, we were just calling to let you know that a deputy is going to swing by to make sure that everyone's safe There's tonight. There's a killer around your house. Um, Not to worry. And it's so weird that, like, every three to four minutes... Of frantic action. So weird, did you say? phone call. So weird. And so uh, she gets the bright idea, finally, 
in her drugged out psychotic stupor that if she can use the murderer's axe to chop into her husband's head it will give her the perfect cover for her crime now the whole time i was like safe the killer killed your husband what are you doing but then she calmed down and figured it out she calmed down came down off that coco sleigh ride so she went out and after a couple tries buried the axe in her husband's face little does she know that the santa killer has retrieved the axe and so she runs upstairs and goes to the closet to get her husband's gun. As she does this, the doorknob (laughs) breaks off, trapping her in the closet. Not just any closet, a closet with a window to the outside so she can see the Santa killer climbing up the side of the house towards the little girl's bedroom. So she's freaking out, and the little girl sees Santa and is all excited, and she's reaching down to help him. And that's actually a pretty fun little sequence where she's like, come on, Santa, hurry up. And the killer, who's all battered and bloodied at this point, is like teetering on this ladder. He's reaching up with his bloody hands. And she's like, come on, come on, I'll reach down and help you. Mom is losing her shit in the closet. Eventually, she just throws her body against the door until it breaks down. And she runs out without the gun. So she runs up to the girl's bedroom. The girl is gone. She fears the worst, runs downstairs, she sees her little girl safe and sound, and then the little girl walks around the corner and she's holding the Santa killer's hand. And at this point, the mother screams for the rest of the episode. (laughs) For at least 20 more minutes. No! The rest of the episode is just her losing her mind as uh, maybe her psychotic break ends or deepens. I don't know. And this is where I have to hope they only did one take. And even still, Mary Ellen Trainer must have been egg-zhausted after that. Maybe they shot it out of sequence. And they blew out her voice and her energy with that take. <laughs> and then they shot the rest of it, which Maybe. was so wooden and weird. No! No! Ah! Ah! No! No! Very schlocky. Yeah. Well, the, the uh, very it's okay um, the, because the crypt keeper helpfully informs us that the killer preferred older women in pieces. <laughs> yeah, it makes you wonder. Like, okay, is this guy is the Santa killer going to kill? Because the whole time, whether she's killing her husband or the Santa killer is after her, or she's going after this guy dressed as Santa with an axe, we're all wondering what's the little girl going to make out of this? Is she going to see mommy chopping Santa Claus? Yeah, what's Is she going to see mommy killing dad? Is she going to see Santa killing mom? And I guess it's all pretty scarring. It's all pretty terrible. And then at the end, it's her holding Santa's hand... And presumably, he's going to murder his mother in front of her? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's going to put her out Christmas for a long time. And moms. I suppose that goes without saying. (laughs) Um, So, a very strange ending. So, yeah, this one wasn't a story. It was just a romp. It was a romp. It It was lots of jump scares. It had some good gags, like the fire poker stuck in the guy's head. Mm hmm. Um,. 
and kind of the comedy about her wanting to chop her husband's head with the axe but not wanting to look, so she kept missing. Um, it had a little more comedy timing than it did horror timing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was chaos. Totally madcap and weird. But boy, what a turbo plot. <laughs> We've had some turbo plots on this show before. This was a turbo plot, and going from that to the episode of So Weird was jarring. Grinding to a halt. Grinding to a halt, flying out the car windshield <laughs> kind of sudden stop and momentum. Yep. They didn't even do a concert gig or anything. I think that's no. what they call them, concert gigs. Naughty or nice. So we'll start with So Weird. Body count. One dad? Oh, Does that, that count? Because he, uh, he was already dead, technically. Apparently, there was going to be a whole season three where he was resurrected by aliens, and it was going to be super dark. What? Or like he had been kidnapped by aliens or something. I don't know. There was a whole alien plot, and the Disney Channel thought it was too dark, and so they made them do a season three that was just goofy, and then the show got canceled. Should have gone dark. That definitely should have gone dark. So I will give you body count 0.5. Scare factor. zero gross factor zero zero yeah even if you count molestation what the factor and if you've seen quantum leap you kind (laughs) of get what's going on yeah it was like it's pretty straightforward time jump it was like christmas carol except she was just going back two years at a time she didn't have that much life to go back to no it's kind of minimum which is weird minimal what the factor all right theme christmas good yeah, I'd say it's pretty hot. I mean, <laughs> all about the about the meaning of Christmas. Uh huh. Yeah. All Togetherness right. and family and ho ho hos. Tales from the Crypt. Body count one, maybe the husband, and yep. presumably the mom. Yeah. Although we don't see her get killed. Keeper diatribes don't count. Scare factor medium. Yeah, medium. Um, pretty good. Gross factor. Yeah, pretty gross. Santa Killer was pretty gross. Santa Killer was pretty gross. The head wound was, you know, sufficiently gross. Yeah, they did a real disturbing. nice job of of showing that not only did the fire poker get stabbed into the guy's head, but also it was wedged in. Yeah. It and when it pulled out, out, there was a deep hole there. Yeah. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Okay, what the factor? Uh, I mean, it was... If you break it down as a story, it was like, person gets into situation, situation worsens person gets out of situation one way or another so that was a pretty straightforward story but the fact that it was a psycho santa killer and she was murdering her husband even though we don't know why and the first thing that happens in before anyone says anything basically is that she murders her husband and there's a kid there's an active kid in the situation eh, I'd say and, and just know. just just picking up the phone every two minutes <laughs> <laughs> where you're like you know i guess we're we're all somewhat um savvy having watched uh, true crime thrillers and mysteries, it's like every time you pick up the phone and call the police, like, there's a record. They're going to look into this. Yeah, maybe not in 80s small-town America. Uh, perhaps. Um, uh, but, like... I would say medium yeah. what, the, what the factor. Medium what the factor. And theme of Christmas? <laughs> I mean, there was a Santa, and there was snow. I think Christmas theme was a little lower than so weird, but pretty, pretty on I mean, point. Just for that tracking shot... The first ten minutes of the episode pure Christmas. was just pure Christmas. <laughs> uh, I'd say I'd say low, low to midland. Yep. 
on Christmas. It was there. It was there. Uh, so even though Tales from the Crypt doesn't, like. doesn't have a, a clear advantage on So Weird just by the point score, it was much more entertaining. It looks like Santa's passing up So Weird this Christmas Eve. Looks like Figgy Pudding's back on the menu, boys. Hey, what's what's that over by your foot? Oh, Jesus! I almost stepped in that. Is that a is that a Coco Slay ride? It's not a Coco Slay ride. It looks like pa- it looks like a sheet of paper. Oh, inside the Coco Slay ride, there's a slip of paper. What? Is there something written on that slip of paper? Uh, let's see. To Jeff and Ryan, written December. 10th is it from santa no it's from us 2017 what? it what? says don't watch so weird for the podcast rerun back in time for your life merry christmas merry christmas